Now we are at uh, the most important moment in The Rock's career and the history of cinema in Mm -hmm. general. The moment that changed everything. Uh, This is Fast Five, the first Fast and Furious movie to have Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, This, to me, was a really interesting moment because uh, as, as we, I'm sure everyone noticed listening to this, like, The Rock wasn't really doing blockbusters at this time who's mostly in bad kids movies and um Mm -hmm. fast and furious movies uh you know obviously they were doing decently but i didn't really meet too many people who liked them the way now like most people you meet get so excited um so it was like this really interesting thing where it was like two things that felt like they were maybe on the the way out came together and it worked so well that everyone just kind of like interpreted this moment as like, yeah, the biggest movie star on the planet is in the biggest franchise now. Like that's how it yeah. felt. And it um, which, they yeah, exactly. Uh, is a, a beautiful alliance that, uh, that just works. It was, yeah. um, you know, things had, had started to take off again for the franchise with mm-hmm. the fourth one, Fast and Furious. You know, they they brought back the original cast, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't until the fifth one when you got the rock, the rock in there, and you really saw it reach its potential for the first. Yeah, time. this is um, this is always the one I tell people to start with if they haven't watched any of these movies. Because I mean, I think that's yeah, I have a lot of affection for the first one, but it's like relatively like such a small sort of like I feel silly calling it like a character driven movie because it's still like an action movie it but yeah a, like a, it the only action excuse me the only action is the is the mm-hmm. race scenes and those are you know those kind of just punctuate the, the character mm-hmm. stuff it's it's really um more about the romance yeah um between um yeah. Uh, and so then this we saw it a, we definitely saw it a little bit in Fast and Furious which is the fourth one it's not the first one yes um, but this one is really when they started their thing of just being like we're going to be the craziest funnest movies imaginable regardless of any continuity logic and anyone being like hey didn't they used to just be regular car thieves like uh it was <laughs> everything is out the window everything can happen and uh yeah. i i make fun of it but i think it like totally works and i think it's because the characters personalities are so strong and so consistent that like even though obviously you have that moment of being like wait brian was like a regular cop and now he's doing all this stuff it's still like you know, whenever you see them have those friendship moments, you're like, yeah, I'm still on board. I still, like, buy these as people I can care about. Yeah. Well, you know, even in the fourth one, uh, Brian, at least to start out, is like Brian and Dom are like foils for each other to, to some mm-hmm. degree. And, you know, and then once once the, the they get past that and, like, the best friendship is just completely mm-hmm. solidified 
you know, you need, you know, there's, there's something that's mm-hmm. off balance. Oh. And that's where the rock comes in. And he's perfect. And he's big enough to be a foil for Blake. Right, yeah. And it, yeah, it works so well. Um, he's, he's like a counterpoint to both of them because he kind of has like Brian's straight laceness which Brian doesn't really have at this point because he's been running around with criminals for too right. long. And then he has the, like, big Vin Diesel action star energy to him as well. Um, and, yeah, it just, it it works so well. I love this movie. Me too. Um, any Anything else to say on Fast Five? Um, no, but I, I totally agree with you that if you're going to start, if you don't, if you if you're not going to just plan on starting from the beginning and watching them all in quick succession I would definitely say that I agree with you. Fast Five is, is the perfect one to start with and for a while it was my favorite one. I don't know if it's oh, still yeah. my favorite one but it might be the best one. Um, Alright, then uh, he, he follows up that incredible movie with uh, Journey to the Mysterious Island Um <laughs> Did not see All right, it. Uh, Even though I thought I did. Uh, so, this is the second franchise that he took over from Brendan Fraser, The Mummy being the first. Uh, mm. And uh, so, Josh Hutcherson returns. Now, his stepdad is The Rock. Uh, his mom is Kristen Davis. It's just once again that thing where it's like, doesn't this this regular single mom think it's weird that she's dating The Rock? Um, which I guess is fine. It like <laughs> she never remarks about his fucking <laughs> yeah. size. Um, it, it feels like uh, the closest you get to vengeance for like Adam Sandler movies, where his wife is Penelope Cruz or whatever. It's like, all right, yeah. Um, Kevin James. Uh, and uh, this is such a like for a simple kids movie. It has this really bizarre specific premise where. Um, Mysterious Island by Jules Verne. Um, I'm not going to remember all these books because I don't really read uh, the. Uh, what was the one that was turned into a Jack Black movie? Um, Gulliver's Travels. Oh yeah. That and Treasure Island are all real in this universe, and he realizes they're all about the same island, and you just have to like read all the descriptions in all three books to put it together and find it and it like it made me furious because that's cool. I, I was I was just like watching it being like I wish I knew enough about books to be like this is wrong because I feel like it is <laughs> but I can't actually argue um but yeah, yeah. It, it is a a really fun silly premise and I think if it like leaned in more to that like weird distinctive nerdiness that could have really worked but it's kind of like a bizarrely specific setup for a really generic movie um they i saw the first one too and these movies their whole thing is the first one journey yes, to the center yeah. of the earth okay but this one they don't go no the they go earth. to the mysterious island um number yes two. number two number two on the yep. mysterious island. um okay. and the the sort of the whole thing with these franchises, it, they were they were during the heyday of like very cheesy 3D, like when 3D was big, but we didn't have like Avatar yet, and um, they were yeah. like trying to be like they're movies, but they're really like a theme park ride, which I think is like fine. That's a fine way to approach a movie, but the problem is 
um, the action in these movies is like so bland. So it's like the plot's very thin, but the stuff where they're like flying around the island really isn't that interesting. And there's a lot of stuff that um, was like shot just for 3D and now like watching it on your TV, you're like, this just looks bad for no reason because you were supposed to see it in the theater with glasses on. Oh, yeah, um, right. And yeah, it's just like, it has too many predictable film tropes like uh, Josh Hutcherson meets Vanessa Hudgens and he thinks she's super hot, but she's not interested. And then at the end, suddenly she is. And it just, uh, it's it's really by the book. And then at the end, they set up, uh, next time we're going to Mars. Uh, and we're all still waiting on that movie. Journey Three Space. Day, yep. <laughs> Um, three German three <laughs> yes uh, then uh, he had a movie called Snitch which is very it's a very interesting movie I looked it up it's um, it's from the studio that made An Inconvenient Truth and Food Inc and Spotlight and like their whole thing is oh. they make like issues movies that people can show on like their college campus and stuff um, so Snitch is about mandatory minimum drug sentences and it like oh uh, oh is no no so it's so this is what's so weird about it is in many ways it's like such a generic the rock action movie but the setup is his son gets caught with marijuana once and it's this whole thing or maybe may, no i think it's cocaine um, his son gets caught with cocaine and it's like this whole thing where he's like mostly a good kid, but he, you know, agreed to this stupid like drop off one time. Um, and it was like, you know, just this one time mistake. But because of mandatory, uh, there's there's all these scenes where like people are explaining like this is because of mandatory uh, minimum drug sentences. And um, so it like really like beats you over the head with that. And then it's sort of that's how it segues into this really generic movie of like, now the rock has to take down a drug dealer so that he uh it can like count as um his son snitching which is where the title comes from um and because that's the only way to get out of these sentences so his son is like facing like 40 years for a one-time mistake because of these laws um and the only way out is for him to do this and uh so it's you know it's bizarre because it's like so um so direct and expository about its message and then and then just kind of gets into like the rock punching people and i'm like i'm not i'm not opposed to that on principle i feel like you know if you're gonna if you're gonna make the same dumb action movie we've seen a million times like why not stand for something but uh to me it kind of like the the action movie part wasn't interesting enough and then the like the message part to me wasn't great because I felt like it didn't really go hard enough with an unjust system. Like it ended up coming off like these mandatory minimum sentencing laws are like sort of the one mistake in like an otherwise okay justice system. So I was sort of like, I don't really know what this is for other than maybe like junior high, high school kids who might be like thinking about, the justice system for the very first time. Um, oh, overall, I was just kind of like, this took like two, two elements that didn't go far enough 
kind of like threw them together and uh, n- none of it quite worked for me. So I got to give it a not worth it. Yeah, that sounds... sounds yeah, nice. exactly. Um, uh, next up is a movie called Empire State. Speaking of movies that are a mess, uh, this one just, uh, it did not feel real. It felt like, you know how there'll be a movie that the studio, that like was nothing and then they just sit on it for five years and then everyone in it is famous and not they released it. I feel like that's probably yes. what this was because it feels really low budget and uninteresting, but it happens to have Liam Hemsworth and The Rock. Um, and it's basically like, it's a heist movie that just never gets to the heist. They're like an hour in, they're like, should we consider robbing these guys? And I'm like, oh my God, what am I watching? It just like keeps like setting up all this like specific stuff about Liam Hemsworth and his life that's like just like not very interesting and then The Rock is the cop who's like on the case and for some reason it seems like he's like around the whole time even like before a heist happens um I didn't really like get that at all and what's really ridiculous about it is like the main character is supposed to be like very Greek and like very born and bred New York so they got Liam Hemsworth obviously and it's just so it's just like him going around being like I'm walking here eh the president yeah. of <laughs> uh it's it's just bizarre everyone is bizarrely cast his love interest is like the plain waitress is Emma Roberts and they just gave her like bad bangs and we're like that's that's a believable girl next door and sure. it's it's so weird because it's like so specifically Greek like they just go out of their way to talk about how Greek everybody is and then like the casting just like makes no sense yeah. um that's amazing yeah it was uh it was a weird experience that I gotta give uh a not worth it I did not watch this one and when I was going through figuring out which rock movies I was going to watch next. Every time I would look at it, it always looked to me like one of those um, movies that they make, you know, real quick and cheap, and then um, they make the the poster look kind of like the poster for another <laughs> yes. pop, like, really popular movie. And I don't know which movie this one, the poster looks like, but it kind of, it just always looked like that to me. Like, oh yeah, like they're trying to make me believe that this is a different yeah. movie that's actually popular and that I actually want to see, but it's not that Yeah, I, I feel like most of the Rock movies, like, kind of do the same poster. Like, it's usually, like, just him, even if he's, like, third or fourth build, and it's, like, him just, like, turning around on either, like, a street or a jungle, and they're just like, you'll rent this. It's, it's you know, it's a The Rock movie. Don't Don't worry about which one it is. Yeah. Um, all right, next up is Pain and Gain. Uh, what do you think of Pain and Gain? Pain and Gain is a very interesting movie. Um, it's, first of all, it's far and away the best Michael Bay <laughs> movie. Uh, it's, it's like Michael Bay's attempt to make a, like a good movie, you know, like a, a serious movie, I guess. And as far as a Michael Bay movie goes, it's like, yeah, all right. Um, it's, you know, there's some, there's an artistic uh, quality to it. It does also star Mark Wahlberg, who I have a visceral 
uh, dislike toward. Um, but um, it's it's a uh, I so I'm gonna call it a worth it just to get that out of the way. I I do like this movie. It's it, there are some very strange things, strange elements of it. And they go out of their way to be like, you know, when something really weird or grotesque is happening, like they'll throw up on the screen, like, this really yeah. happened because it's based on a true story or whatever. Um, and so it's like, yeah, okay, but it also, there's so much of it that feels um, uh, intentionally gratuitous. And like, if it had been anyone else other than Michael Bay making it, I, it, it would have maybe felt a little. Um, more justified but when it's michael bay it just has that salacious feeling to it so i don't know i had a hard time getting past that at times but the rock is great in it um and mark Wahlberg is even tolerable in it it's mark Wahlberg playing that one character that he plays that's kind of like dirk diggler like the you know um naive whiny kind of character which is maybe the only character he does that's kind of tolerable and he has done it a few times um, so yeah, it's a strange movie, but I would definitely recommend All it. Right. You are not the first person I've talked to who likes this movie, and that is so bizarre to me. It's literally my least favorite movie I've ever seen. Uh, wow. I, you know what? I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, I can see someone viscerally hating it because there are a lot of parts, there are a lot of elements to it that are, um, just like, right, they walk a mm -hmm. line. And I think I can see it going one way. Yeah, I, I saw it in the theater and I was like, th this will be like, you know, a harmless movie that has explosions and like The Rock is there, sure. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then I, it was just like such a disgusting, unpleasant experience where you're just like, it makes you feel worse about humanity as you're watching it. Um, and... It's funny because I'm not. I don't disagree with any of the things <laughs> yeah. you're saying, and yet I I do like the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, there were so there were so many times when I I wanted to like straight up leave. Um, there's like a part yeah. where The Rock like beats up a gay priest or something. Do you remember this? Oh, um, yeah. I, I like. I was like, this will. This is not worth watching to refresh my memory. So I'm sorry. I don't know like the exact details, but um, yeah, the, yeah, uh, and I. Like the barbecuing the hand uh, part is one scene that really sticks out at me that was kind of upsetting, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, part. and but like they cut up, cut up the body, and, like, and they're, they're yeah, they're, disposing <laughs> of it. There's like other movies I've seen in theaters. Like I saw um, Saw Six for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and but like even like that Saw movie, there was like an element of it being like um, you can like care about these people as humans and like you understand like uh the morality of the universe and stuff but like pain and gain is such a combination of just like like you said like viscerally disgusting things and then also just like you feel gross about uh, yeah about like humanity watching it and um mm -hmm. it's yeah it's just uh and it, it felt like so long because the like the story it yeah, the story kind of, like, drags out because it's, like, they do the crime fairly early and then it just, like, keeps going. Mm -hmm. um, so I, like, I think I spent, like, half the movie being, like, oh, I want to just walk out, but I, it's got to be almost over anyway. Um, 
And yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I hated it. And um, my, I saw it with my former co-host, Katie, who also hated it and specifically told me that even though she won't be on this episode, she wants me to, on her behalf, give this her Omega black ball, meaning it's the worst movie we've ever talked about on this. And I am also giving it my black ball. I, God, I hate pain and gain so much. And it's funny because, like, when I talked, when I talked to other people, they'll, like, say they found, like, interesting things about it, about, like, the characters and the themes. And I, like, I see that and it's, like, I have this urge to, like, fully consider it more, um, but I, I'm also, like, I'm never going to inflict revisiting it upon myself, so I have to yeah. stick with just uh, just the absolute hatred that I have in my heart. I cannot imagine giving my absolute least favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. When it, when, it's, when it reaches that level on the first mm-hmm. viewing, I think... Yeah, you know, and I, I know I've, like... There's no coming back. Yeah, I've, from that. I've definitely, obviously, like seen worse films, especially doing this podcast. There's so much just like slapped together stuff that's just like not made by professionals. But there's something about Pain and Gain where it's almost like Michael Bay knows just enough about filmmaking to like know how to maximize uh, your like your feelings and your experience to just make you yeah. feel mind-numbingly bad. Yeah, I mean, that's maximized is, like, <laughs> the key word with that movie. Everything is just amplified mm-hmm. to the, the maximum amount. Just mm-hmm. Everything. The, 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 all of the actors' physical presence and the... Um, everything is so... Because uh, it's in Miami, right? It's so mm-hmm. bright and... Um, you know, it's like... I don't know. It's like being force-fed a huge bag. Of <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Next up, uh, the significantly more pleasant uh, Fast and Furious 6. Yes. Uh, I... Significantly. <laughs> yeah. um, I think this might be my favorite of the franchise. I didn't... Um, I wish I'd rewatched all of them, but I was like, I have to, I have to do so much rewatching for this uh, for this pod or so much watching for this podcast. I decided not to prioritize stuff I'd already seen, but I did rewatch rewatch Fast and Furious Six, and I think um, it's it's nice. It has some of like the most sort of light bantery parts of any of the movies, um, yeah. which I enjoyed, and it has a lot of Han and Giselle, which I think are far away the best canon couple in this series and I kind of wish we'd gotten more of them yeah so um and the, the, the only <laughs> the only thing that really sticks out at me about Fast and Furious 6 is this is the one where they very clumsily try to tie in uh Tokyo <laughs> yes! to the larger series at the end and um it never like and like it in the movie itself. It felt very strangely shoehorned in, and then only as the series has gone on and the uh, Shaws have become mm-hmm. a more integral part of of the story. It just it's just such a weird thing that they could have that they could have completely gotten away with not ever doing. No one was ever <laughs> going to be like, well, hey, how come? This movie from 15 years ago did never get fully <laughs> integrated into the larger. Saga. Yeah, it 
Um, so that, that always sticks out at me. You know, I don't dislike that part about it, but it's just so Yeah, odd. there's really weird continuity with this series that I've never totally understood where um, Han dies at one point, which is not really a spoiler because it makes no sense. Um, right. And then he's just like back in another movie. And there's like this yeah. explanation of like, no, well, they're not in order. And I've never like been able to figure out what the actual chronological order is. It, it doesn't matter. Sometimes he's alive, sometimes he's not. Um, yeah, the third one takes place, like, during the sixth <laughs> one, like, or something like that. Something really yeah. weird. Or, like, during the credits <laughs> of the sixth one. <laughs> I'm not um, sure. uh, But, yeah, it's a wonderful movie. It's uh, really, you know, the, like like we said before, the, the fifth one is where it hits its stride, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good stuff. Yeah, this is also the one where um, they gave Letty amnesia, and I forgot about this until I rewatched yeah. it. But it it doesn't clear up at the end, I guess. Like at the end, like the happy ending is she's like, "Oh, okay, I guess you guys are all my friends." And I'm just like, "Oh, oh I had yeah. just like, assumed she it... would they would clear that up at the end." Right, because even in in Fast Seven, she's like back on the team. But she's like a different mm-hmm. Letty, and she's like, you know, I'm—I'll never be that Letty again. You just have to fall in love with the yeah. new Letty. But then, of course, she she gets her memory back when a parking garage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. These like these movies are so. Sorry to get ahead of ourselves. They're so complicated in ways where it's like they didn't have to be at all. Um. Because, yeah. You, you, yeah, you're just watching to watch, like, Vin Diesel drive a car and be best friends with a bunch of people. Um, and But, like, the fact that they have a complex continuity for no good reason just makes me love them all the more. It's just, like, Degrassi, but with everybody driving cars around. Totally. And the sixth one um, is the one with the tank race, which I feel like was kind of... St- started this whole thing of like what's the crazy vehicle mm-hmm. that we can throw into a car race that's not a car <laughs> yeah like, so the you know a tank is you know you don't expect a tank to be formidable mm-hmm. in a in a race but and and Ludacris just saying they got a tank was such a great moment <laughs> got a tank so yes good yeah Ludacris always announces <laughs> what they got whatever the bad guys got Ludacris is going to tell yeah. you yeah um, and yeah I think Fast and Furious 6 just has, like, pound for pound, like, the best ensemble because Han and Giselle are still there. Brian is still there, obviously. Um, It's just, like, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 all the the best characters. It's, like, the perfect uh, middle of the franchise movie. Um, Next up, uh, Brett Ratner's Hercules, uh, which just... This is another one where I'm, like... I don't even know if that's a I real know. movie. I don't remember this. At I watched all. it and it just felt like a 2003 movie that just happened to come out in 2014 in just like every possible way. Um, so it's the yeah, it like it. I don't know why it happened. It felt like it was just some like. Yeah. It felt like one of those weird things where the studio was like, "Someone else will make a Hercules movie if we don't," you know, and like. Um, like it felt like no one involved really cared beyond like weird intellectual property stuff that was going on behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, it wasn't 
it wasn't terrible, but at the same time, I feel like I have to give it a not worth it because there's just like, there's no reason to see it. There's so many movies, many of which we've talked about that do basically the same stuff better. Um, yeah. This was like that period of time where there was like Prince of Persia and John mm-hmm. Carter, like, right? Is that around the same time? I think it was, it was like... It's like they were really trying to force a sword and sandals uh, renaissance that no one yeah. really wanted. And I feel like that's still happening. Like, we're getting, like, a Robin Hood movie yeah. and... Um, uh, yeah, if, I forget because they're, like, so forgettable, but I feel like every year there's, like two or three like public domain classic movies that like I don't know anyone who goes to see them they just sort of happen yeah yeah thanks uh next up I got Furious 7 um I think this is the only one of the Fast and Furious movies that I've only seen once um because it does it I mean it did yeah, exactly. Sad. It takes a lot out of you because of it came it so fresh on Paul Walker's death. And I'm sure, I think now watching it with more distance, I would probably obviously not react as much as I did, but that still like colors how I think of it. And this is not saying anything sure. bad about the movie at all, to be clear. I'm just uh, no. saying it's like, it's hard to not associate it with those last couple minutes when that, that Wiz Khalifa song plays and you just get so emotional. Yeah. Um gets me every yep. time but i've still seen it many <laughs> yeah many i mean times. i remember it also having like that's it's interesting because that's really such a small part of the movie i remember like it being like a classic like really fun fast and furious movie with like a lot of really great mm-hmm. sequences um but yeah i I'd never i i haven't made myself revisit it yet because there is that like gut punch at the end um and it's it's interesting how they do it um and I actually, I actually liked the way they did it, even though it doesn't totally make sense. Because, like, outside right. of the real-world knowledge of Paul Walker, you're sort of like, why is everyone so sad? Nothing that bad has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like... Yeah. He's just not going to do crimes <laughs> anymore, and they're all really sad Yeah, so it. it's this weird... Um, this weird movie that is like so specific to the actual time it came out and what people are feeling and it'll be interesting to see like how people react to that like a decade from now um looking at this franchise um uh but yeah uh, uh, beyond that i i remember it being like a a really fun solid movie that i definitely uh i i need to rewatch yeah for sure you do it's mm-hmm. great I go, like, I've kind of given up on trying to decide, like, which one is my favorite, but, because I just feel like that, the arc of five, six, and seven is, like, that's, like, the best of it. And I, I, I love Fate mm-hmm. of Furious, too, but, like, five, six, seven, like, that is just, like, as good mm-hmm. as it gets, and, like, they all fit together really well, those three. Are those, are those so, ones all Justin Lin directing? Uh, I don't think they, uh, I don't know if he directed okay. seven, but yeah, it might be. Those, I know he directed, yeah, let's see. We can edit <laughs> yeah. this out, right? Um, that's a good point. Those might be the three Justin Lin's. But I don't know. I think seven might have been James, James okay. Wan. Seven and eight were James Wan. Um, 
Okay, here we go. First one is Rob Cohn. Justin Lin did Tokyo Drift, the Fast and Fast and Furious, the fourth one, Fast Five, and Fast and Furious Six. Furious Seven was James Wan, and then F. Gary Gray was Baby okay. Furious. So yeah, they were all almost all Justin Lin, but then that last one was James Wan. But Justin Lin produced mm -hmm. it, I think, and you know I'm guessing it was probably pretty heavily involved yeah. um, with the seventh one. Because uh, those, like I said, those three, I feel like they're just kind of this uh, trilogy within the, yeah. the saga. Um, all right, so that's uh, a hearty worth it for Furious 7 from both of us. Hardy, hardiest of worth it. <laughs> uh, next up is San Andreas, a movie that I had to make myself watch uh, right after moving to Northridge, California. So that was not great for me. Um, nice. Just the absolute most stressful time I could possibly have watched this movie. Uh, but uh, that's not why I dislike it. There's so many reasons to dislike San Andreas. Uh, it's terrible. It, like, um, it has this very specific male revenge plot where uh, The Rock is spending the whole movie trying to save his daughter um well his wife's new husband her stepdad runs away like a coward and leaves his daughter and i just that whole setup i was like this just feels like some issues that the writer is having that i don't care about it's just like <laughs> other outside yeah. of this one specific situation where you happen to have a uh, helicopter i really believe you're automatically the better father and husband because of this um and it was it's just this weird thing where i feel like there's a certain scale of disaster movie where it's very hard to be invested because it's like there's so many scenes of him trying to rescue his daughter where i'm like i just saw like a city get leveled like it's so hard to mm. care about like they would have to make the emotional through line so good for you to care about whether he rec he rescues this one person and they don't. It's this really weird like my wife's new husband wouldn't save my daughter thing. Um, oh really? And yeah, I thought it was just it was it's so bad and it's so dumb. They have like Paul Giamatti as a scientist, but like the scientist, it's it, it reminded me of. Um, Karen and Mean Girls, there'll be like scenes where they're mid earthquake and the scientist is like explaining what's happening and it's like, yeah, there's an earthquake. Like everyone who has their senses about them understands that there is currently an earthquake, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> like, yeah. Um I just thought it was bad. I don't I even though I love action movies, disaster movies are the one thing that I kind of hate because it's sort of it's a lot of, like, special effects over sort of character scenes, and it's, like, a lot of, um, like, the stakes being too big, like, you feel like the characters can't really be active because, like, what is happening is so large and insurmountable. I just, I, I don't really get it. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, any of the natural disaster mm -hmm. movies just never appealed to me. Um, I did not see this movie, but I did do some marketing oh, wow. for it at the job that we worked at together. Um, and so I feel like I saw <laughs> enough of it to, uh, to, to agree with you. It's, uh, not worth it. Um, and then next up is, uh, Gem and the Holograms, which, uh, 
the the only Dwayne Johnson in this is a quick cameo of him just being like, I love Jem. She's great. I'm Dwayne Johnson. Um, and then the the movie itself, I thought, is like just awful. It has it has basically the same plot of the 2001 movie Josie and the Pussycats, but it just like they do it in a way that makes no sense. And I just kept being like, you should have just more heavily ripped off Josie and the Pussycats because then you yeah. would not have these terrible errors. And it um, it's like this this plot I don't care about at all where this girl makes literally one YouTube video and immediately gets this label that's like, come perform for us, you're going to be a star. And she just like, she's immediately a huge star. Um, and it's one, it's that Hollywood thing where she's an underdog because like sometimes people say she doesn't deserve the success and it hurts her feelings. Um, I, I truly hate movies like this i hate the trope of like this girl deserves to be a star but she's shy and it's like i i want to see like characters who are doing the work performing and then i'll like root for that person to succeed um Mm -hmm. it it was really painful and uh the end set up a sequel that never happened where uh uh, is a rival musician who's like, I'm gonna destroy Jem. And, uh, like, when I got to that part, that I know, I was like, if you had that concept up your sleeve, why did I have to watch <laughs> the, like, movie that's just like, what if a YouTuber became right. famous? Like, I don't need yeah. that preface. Well, it's the it's the curse of the rock. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've learned that, with the exception of the Fast and Furious series, if you put the rock in and expect a sequel... It's not yeah. going to happen. Well, I didn't see Jem, but I did see Josie and the Pussycats, and I loved yeah. it. So I'm going to give that a, an enthusiastic <laughs> Yeah, word great there. movie. If you have any urge to watch Jem, just, just watch Josie and the Pussycats instead. Just watch Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, all right, next up, uh, this one is, I think, one of the only ones you hadn't seen that surprised me, um, Central Intelligence. Uh, that was, like, a pretty... I, I surprised yeah, myself. I had I actually hadn't um, seen it before this either, uh, which is surprising because I'm pretty sure that was like a big movie that most people saw. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> it was like, yeah, probably the biggest comedy mm-hmm. of that year, and I don't know why I didn't see it, and I don't know why I still didn't <laughs> see it even when it was staring at me on this list. When I would be like, "Which one should I watch next?" And I'd be like, eh, "No, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I like The Rock. I like." Kevin Hart, I like to laugh, but <laughs> right. I skipped um, it. Well, yeah, you should you should definitely check it out. I I loved it a lot. I um I I wouldn't say I went in with low expectations, but even expecting it to be like a pretty solid movie, I felt pleasantly surprised by it. It um it's it's one of those movies that's like really funny and that like makes you realize how much mainstream comedies tend to be light on laughs, like. I hate that I'm so mm. surprised that it's funny, but I am. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, now it definitely. Yeah, especially I feel like action comedies in particular, especially a lot of. So often the comedy really phoned in, but uh, yeah, I thought this was really funny, and the like, the character stuff really worked. I think uh, in the trailer it seemed I felt like it seemed kind of cheesy that like the Rock like used to be fat and now he's. The- but um, when you see it play out in the movie, it's like actually really interesting, like looking at all this uh, emotional stuff um, from high school and like what it means to both of them that 
The Rock was such an awkward nerd, and now he's The Rock, and Kevin Hart was, like, so popular and cool, but now he's just, like, this, uh, this accountant, and... It, it, it does a good job of exploring that stuff while still, like, moving the plot around, having a lot of jokes. Yeah, I thought it was, just, like, a really uh, a really solid original blockbuster comedy in a way that you, like, you don't get too much anymore. So it, I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm sorry. I <laughs> and I, uh, I, was, I will make a point of saying uh, another Another thing I liked about it is just, like, how weird and dreamy the walk the rocks character actually is like early on i thought he was like putting on a front because i knew they would reveal he was a cia agent so i was like oh he's he's like acting Mm -hmm. awkward so that kevin hart won't suspect anything and as it goes on you're like no he really is like this much of a nerd which i thought was like uh i enjoyed that a lot interesting oh um Next up is a little film called Moana um, by Dis- uh, the Disney movie Moana with music by Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, which yeah. is uh, a movie that I just love a lot. Uh, it's... I love that. Yeah, it's just, it does everything it's supposed to do with the the emotional storyline, the, the laughs, the songs. Uh, it all just works. I think Moana is a, a really great character. I felt like... Um, they they didn't get trapped the way these movies so often do with like sort of overthinking like how feminine she's going to be, how princessy she's going to be, how much of a tomboy mm-hmm. she's going to be. She's just Moana and they're not like so overly concerned with that aspect of it and um mm-hmm. it it works. I think uh Jermaine Clement's shiny number is one of my favorite Disney songs ever. Um totally and agree. uh The Rock's character is really uh funny and charming yeah yeah it was interesting the first time i saw it i really liked it a lot but i thought that the music was a little bit forgettable mm-hmm. um i really liked the jermaine clement song that was the one that had stuck with me the most like i thought that was like the show stealer um but then when i saw it again like i realized how much the songs had stuck with me. Like, as soon as, like, a, a song would start, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember this. And um, and now, like, like, I know all the songs, and I like all the songs, and, um, you know, I, I'd always liked the story and the handling of the characters and the, you know, both of their arcs and, you know, how they kind of help them uh, you know, mm-hmm. overcome their personal obstacles and all that. But, um, yeah, just one of the best Disney musicals. Yeah, I totally, and I I have the same thing. I think, like, the songs definitely, like, grow on you as opposed to, I think, like, something like Frozen, like, the first time I saw that, all the songs just, like, knocked me away and uh, blew me. And then, um, yeah, yeah, one is a lot more, like, they'll they'll come on your iTunes or whatever you have uh, later, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, song, and they just... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I remember uh, that year, I didn't see Moana or Zootopia uh, when they came out, and then um, I ended up seeing them both of them much later and got, like, really mad at the Oscars, like, years too late when, like, no one else was mad. <laughs> I, was, I think Moana is so much better than Zootopia, personally. I really like both of All those right. movies. I don't know if I could Fair choose. Fair enough. 
Um, so the next thing is this bizarre little thing. It's a 17-minute YouTube video called Millennials oh. the Musical. It opens with Dwayne Johnson and Lin-Manuel Miranda being like, hey guys, here's our new musical, check it out. And then it's just this 17-minute musical that has all the, the, the bad jokes you would expect from something about millennials. Like, it, it does the thing of, like, pretending Facebook is, like, a thing only young people get. And it has, okay. like, this girl, like, only cares about, you know, Snapchat. And then she's like, I'm going to get a real job. And at the end, she's like, now I have a savings account. And it's like, well, that's not really... Millennials aren't choosing to not have real jobs and savings accounts. Um, it's just like... Was this sponsored by it someone? It felt like it. Like who put this so, on okay, so here's what I know about it. At the end, an ad for Moana plays. And also at the end, when Dwayne Johnson and Lin-Manuel Miranda are like, well, thanks for watching our musical, they go on a tangent about Chipotle being delicious these are the facts I have. Um, what? And, I mean, you and I have both worked in integrated marketing some, and I'm still just, like, totally confused by this thing existing. I have no idea what it's doing. It doesn't feel like it's encouraging anyone to watch Moana who would not have already been interested in it. I, um, right. It's, it's truly bizarre. I... Yeah, I now that I know it exists, I want to do like a an investigative Netflix documentary figuring out who made this, who thought it would be a good idea. I yeah, I'd, I'm com- completely perplexed by it. Yeah, me too. And I didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, don't see it. It's not worth watching all 17 minutes just to be confused. Um I can be confused in no yeah. time at all. <laughs> Because, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, it'll probably be like, I, I, I thought it would be like a two-minute thing that was like, that would be like, Lin-Manuel Miranda made this on his phone with his friends when he was bored. And I was like, that'll be dumb, but whatever. And then I was like, there's so much effort into this. Like, it feels so sponsored, and yet it's also just like, yeah, completely, completely inexplicable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Fate of the Furious. Yep. Uh, this is the one where uh, Dom goes bad. Charlize Theron has so uh, white girl dreads. Um, <laughs> and her name was her name. Yes. Cypher? Her name is Cipher. Um, of course, her name is Cipher. <laughs> and uh, I think the. Probably the biggest shift in this movie. Um, not only is it the first full movie without Paul Walker, but also this was mm-hmm. when uh, everyone got sick of being around Vin Diesel. Um, so yeah. it's it's such a huge shift from like the the most consistent thing in the previous uh, seven movies is that they're about the friendship between Dom and Brian, and so this was such a huge shift into so much more being about suddenly um, the relationship between Luke and Jason Statham as Shaw. Um, And that... But they're... they're Yeah. They're very... Yeah, it totally worked. It's like, 
it's it's very different from um you know Brian and Dom was such like a gentle like oh they just want to like do crimes and then hold each other and um right. Hobbs and Shaw is so much more of a like uh we're going to wrestle for like 20 minutes in every movie um but yeah it works it's just like a a different relationship but it's very uh very cinematic and fun to watch Dom and Brian were <laughs> and Hobbs Hobbs and Shaw yes and... exactly um yeah this the 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 only problem I have with this movie is um is his name Scott Eastwood? oh yeah that just that they're really trying really hard to make this guy the new Paul Walker uh, yeah a... it's Poor replacement. Yeah, he's really one of the first people in the crew who just brings like nothing to the table. I'm just like I, I love everyone else so much, yeah. and also Scott Eastwood is here. They try, they try to like yeah. um, give him like a playful repertoire with Roman, but I was like, Ludacris is still there. I would rather just watch Roman talk to Ludacris. Um, exactly, they have the established you know, uh, shit-talking relationship. Mm. Um, the... um, they could have even brought back Lucas Black. Oh, yeah, that would have been fun. Him, you know, I would have been okay with Bow that. Bow-wow. But honestly, like, yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? Um, but yeah, like, when I watched it again, I, I it really struck me, like, how, like, you could have just remove that <laughs> character completely and not even have right to he's literally like, like he, he repeats nothing he repeats stuff that kurt russell tells them like he's just like there to reiterate yep. stuff it's uh yeah. yeah it's very bizarre it uh it yeah, feels totally. like uh like you need another white man thing which is like, um uh and also the other the other thing that bugged me about this movie is there's like really weird treatment of elena who i think was like a good character oh, until yeah. this movie and now like suddenly she's just like so on board to do things that like no woman would ever be like yeah that's chill like it's fine this is yeah. happening and like super yes um to everyone yeah and it's it's disappointing cause she had she had always been like a really interesting character i think of like um when they first introduce her there's that like scene where um Vin Diesel like describes his perfect woman and she's like that doesn't sound like me and he's like yeah it isn't and that was like a really interesting thing to have in an action movie to be like yeah just because she's the new girl they're introducing doesn't mean they're pairing them off and then everything that happens after that is completely uh in defiance of that <laughs> yep yeah yeah so a couple of weird mm -hmm. choices but overall tons of fun extremely big mm -hmm. movie yeah just you know yeah they these movies are just like pulled out all the they're stops. so they're so well crafted with like the big things that happen and they also so like um for the most part the characters just like work so well whenever it like cuts to that ending where they're all barbecuing together i'm just like yeah they're all friends and even like someone being there who killed another one of their good friends i'm just like yeah this is great yeah. welcome to the family <laughs> like um they just yeah, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just throwing back a few <laughs> bruise with your murderer yep. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it just, uh, yeah, it works. They do that so well. Um, I, I already said this on Twitter, but I realized this morning as I was thinking about the Fast and Furious franchise that it's essentially jackass because there's not really a plot. I just like guys being friends <laughs> and like really big, amazing cinematic stunts and also being like, how homoerotic can we get without actually showing two guys fucking? Yeah, I mean, some at times the Fast and Furious movies are more homoerotic <laughs> than two. Yeah, yeah. honestly, <laughs> the the really long prison sequence with Hobbs and Shaw is amazing. Yeah, yes, it is. Um. All right. Next up, uh, a less enjoyable film, a little thing called Baywatch, um, which I actually did not hate as much as most people do. Um, uh, I guess low ex- I don't think it's worth the energy to hate too much, but I yeah, don't like it. Yeah, I, I think low expectations was probably part of this, but I thought that, like, it wasn't as irredeemable as I thought, like, uh, I thought John Bass was really, really good in it, and um, Priyanka Chopra as a villain was just delightful. Um, but the... The Zac Efron character is just like such a flop. You're just like, you yeah. hate this guy. And the the Rock character, like, at first he sort of worked, but they kind of lost the thread because like his he's supposed to be like comical because he like takes everything so seriously. Like that's his pers- his main personality mm. trait. But then halfway through, he like fully has all the lifeguards, like, leave so there's no one protecting the beach. And we're, like, supposed to feel bad when he gets suspended for that, but it's like, yeah, that's a pretty big fuck-up. Like, you need to have someone <laughs> watching the beach. Um, there's a scene where they're like, if we don't do our jobs, people will die, and they make everyone repeat yes. that. People will die. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, well. Yeah, to me, like, the, the thing that kind of drove me nuts about it was, like, it was such a um, such a forced attempt to do uh, like another twenty one mm, jump speed. Yes, exactly. Like, and and it did not land that way at all. Um, it's just not as smart, and the characters are not as um, uh, three dimensional as, as twenty one mm-hmm. jump street. And yeah, twenty one jump street. Um, other than Channing Tatum, it's, like, pretty much all, like, real comedy actors. And I felt like this was really lacking that, especially, like, Zac Efron. And, like, um, like part of why I say John, John Bass was so good. I don't know if it's Bass or Bass. I'm sorry. Um, but, like, every time he said a line, I was like, yeah, that's how a real comedy actor sounds. And I guess, like, Hannibal yeah. Burris is in there, but he's not in very much of it. Um, Underutilized. And the rest of it, I was like... Like, I get that they all have to be, like, incredibly beautiful, but even then there are people like, you know, like Katrina Bowden from 30 Rock or, like, like you can find good-looking people who, like, know how to deliver a joke, but, like, so much oh, of totally. it is just like, okay, Zac Efron, like... Yeah, he does have nice hands. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, next up is... Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, which uh, is the recipient of my gold star, the best film that The Rock has ever been in, uh, in my opinion. Um, wow. 
better than any of the Fast and Furious yeah, movies? Yeah, for me, um, the you know, the Fast and Furious movies, obviously, I love so much, like, overall, because over years and years I've developed attachment to the characters, but I think if I was going to mm-hmm. do a single, just, like, one single standout film that I think everyone should see, I would have to pick Jumanji. I thought it was, like, really tight and fun and, like just hilarious um and i thought it it handles teenage characters really well and it does like mm-hmm. awkward stuff like the um i thought the the bethany character that jack black plays was great and i like didn't think she would be uh based on the trailer i was like oh it's gonna be jack black saying i can't even and talking about instagram um right. but then like she's just such a delight like she has so much um joy there's like this great scene where um she looks down at Jack Black's penis for the first time and she just like calls out to the other girl. She's like, Hey, you come look at my penis. And it's like, got this great, um, it like shows teenagers in a way that like feels honest, but there's like a certain amount of innocence to it too, without being like sanitized that I think is a note that family films usually have a hard time hitting. And this just kind of does it really effortlessly. And, um, yeah, I I loved all the characters, uh, the the cast is really really great and um yeah it's just one of those movies that like when i saw it i thought it was solid and then just the more i think about it the more i love it nice yeah i liked it too um i i didn't have a lot of expectations um but um i i agree with a lot of what you said uh just in terms of the characters having a lot of depth and um the performances are a lot of fun um, because you know they're all playing mm-hmm. against type, obviously because their bodies are inhabited by very different characters, and um, it's it's fun to see them uh, doing that. But also, like they all seem really committed mm-hmm. to it, um, and the um, the character growth for each of them is all very. Uh, uh, believable and gradual and uh organic um and i appreciated that um and yeah a lot there are are, um a lot of genuine laughs it's it's funny and um the action set pieces are a lot of fun um it i i am very puzzled why they needed it to be called jumanji (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it bears so little resemblance to the original Jumanji. Um, and I don't, I didn't, I guess I don't think of people having like a ton of affinity for Jumanji where they're like clamoring, like, Oh, we need a new Jumanji. Like I need, I need, there's a hole in my heart that's shaped like <laughs> Jumanji and you got to fill yeah, it for it's, me. Uh... Um, so that's the only thing where I was, I didn't quite, I didn't quite get, I mean, I guess they just, owned the intellectual property and they're like well we're not doing anything with this let's slap jumanji on this uh you know video game movie um also in terms of video game movies as far as video game movies go it's probably the best video game movie just because most video game movies are so terrible i mean i guess i think if you're going to count this as a video game movie then you could also say wreck it ralph right like if we're including stuff that's like not oh true wreck it ralph is wreck it ralph is better um but um, but I, I, I also was struck by how much better Jumanji is than Ready Player <laughs> One, which I feel like they came out around the same time. 
similar premise, premises, uh, but I, I kind of hate Ready Player One, and this does almost everything better mm-hmm. than it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about there being no reason for it to be Jumanji. I think it's just like, it's so hard to make an original movie now. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was just like a situation where like the the people who wrote this probably all had like great original scripts that the studio read and was like, okay, great, you can make Jumanji for us. So um, Yeah. And... Yeah, you're totally right. I'm sure that's what it is. And they're like, well, okay, we're going to make <laughs> a movie and we'll just call it yeah, Jumanji. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, it I think um, it being Jumanji, I think, uh, worked against them in some ways. I mean, maybe not because I guess, like, any sort of mainstream attention is helpful, but I feel like I talked to a lot of people who, like, were very skeptical about it because I feel like, one, like, it felt almost like still too soon after Robin Williams' passing and people were kind of like, you're making a Jumanji, like, now. Um, And I Mm -hmm. I think it also, like, it just sounds dumb to be like, we're going to update it to be about... I don't... It was, like... What's so funny about it is, like, and they acknowledge this in the movie, like, making it a video game isn't even really a modern update. Like, video games... Well, they made it a a 1996 (laughs) video game, too. It's like... Um, Okay, it's updated. Yeah, I feel like... when I heard about it, like, I don't know, like, why this was a thing, but there was, like, a rumor that, like, it would be an app now, and I'm like, I'm glad that it wasn't what I imagined uh, the Jumanji is an app now movie would be. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's like Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. You get sucked into <laughs> yes. Candy Crush. Um, Nobody steal that <laughs> idea. That's mine. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I feel like the the reaction everyone has when I talk about it is really like, it's so much better than anything called Jumanji colon Welcome to the Jungle has a right to be. And I think like, (laughs) I I hope that because of like word of mouth soon, it will become just like a regular beloved family movie without having the like preface of being like, that Jumanji reboot is like, actually, you know. Yeah, it made a billion dollars. It was like, it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I had no idea until I was, uh, until after I saw it and I was looking it up and I was like, is this popular? And I guess it was huge and there, there's already a sequel coming out next um, year. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, I think that was the like word of mouth and power of making like an actual good movie. Cause when I, when I saw it in yeah. the theaters, it was just like a few families seeing it. And then I think enough people were like, that movie's like actually like funny and worth going to. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up is a little something called Rampage, uh, and this is the the movie based on a video game where um, I I don't know the video game it's based on very well, but basically what everyone has told me is that they could have made any movie where at some point a giant monkey fights a giant. What's the other one? Uh, the, so there's a giant monkey or a giant mm-hmm. gorilla. Um, a giant right, lizard yeah. and a giant wolf. right so uh, so yeah basically I heard like any movie with like giant animals fighting could have been called Rampage um, the, the, like, the video game didn't have too much story from what I've heard and um, they make it a story about Dwayne Johnson is this like awkward uh, zoologist I another another favorite Dwayne Johnson trope of mine is uh, when like uh, 
he doesn't seem interested in women, but that's like super cool. Like it opens with him like mm-hmm. turning down a beautiful woman and the other guys are like, oh, wow, I wish I could turn down a beautiful woman um, because Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it struck me watching all of these movies, like how rare it is for him to have like a like a love interest. Yeah, in like his his brand is always like uh, like he's too like he'll tear a guy's throat out, but he's too squeaky clean to touch boobs. Like that's Dwayne Johnson's brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good description. Um, And uh, then it has, like, this subplot about basically what feels like Ivanka and Eric Trump uh, running this, like, company. Um, And I thought thought all the the disparate elements worked pretty well. I was, like, I was having fun the whole movie. I thought Malin Ackerman and um, the guy who plays her brother who was on Girls, um, and he's an obvious child don't remember his name but i thought they were both really funny um and then uh yeah. yeah it was just like a nice uh exciting action movie where dwayne johnson is a weird weird guy whose best friend is a gorilla and I, it it all worked for me yeah yeah I, I i don't think there's anything wrong with it um it was fine and i would not tell someone to not watch it um malin ackerman is very funny in it and she makes the whole movie feel like um, feel like you're watching children's yes. hospital because she because she's playing a very similar character that she would have played on children's hospital and um, it kind of yeah. works <laughs> like the movie is very there's it's all mm-hmm. wink you know it's it's very aware of what it is and um, you know it does, it never tries yeah to be you feel like you're watching um, like the most high budget children's cartoon ever made and that it just yes totally yep and then like um uh jeffrey dean morgan is doing like this weird tommy lee jones character but like he like cranks up the tommy lee jones a little too yeah, high yeah. and borders on <laughs> yes and like there's a part where like he's totally dead and then, like the rock <laughs> saves him, like like he his body would just be like completely obliterated. But then the rock saves him, and then like they they get out of this plane that's crashing, and then like they get on the ground. Yeah, and I feel like uh, watching all of Dwayne Johnson's movies, you see so many scenes where it's like someone like is crushed by a skyscraper, and then Dwayne Johnson gives them like <laughs> CPR, and they're like, all right, <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, that is a, a definite uh, repeating uh, trope in his Um And yeah, it has, like, a whole plot with uh, Joe Manginello that I don't think, like, ever matters to the rest of the movie, but... Uh, no, and it was a... I, I liked him. I thought he was good, and he dies really Oh, well. yeah, me too. I was disappointed, especially because, like, uh, I love uh, the post-credits Justice League scene. So when they introduced him, I was like, this is basically Slade Wilson. We're just getting, like, a preview of that movie. Um, So I got very attached to him very quick. Um, Yeah. uh, I just thought this was, like, a very solid uh, proto... Just the the absolute encapsulation of what Dwayne Johnson movies are, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, all right, next up is the TV show Ballers. Uh, when Ballers first came out, I was looking forward to it so much. I have such huge crushes on both The Rock and Rob Corddry. I think they're two of the sexiest men who've ever lived. I loved Entourage. They do look yeah. a lot alike. Um, I loved, loved Entourage, Entourage so much. So I was like, oh, it'll just be like more Entourage. And then I watched mm-hmm. it and it's like one of the most boring shows I've ever seen. It like, even though it's like sort of a sitcom, it doesn't actually have jokes. And it's just like all about like transactions and being like, what percentage of interest will we get from this franchise? And it's just like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand who's entertained by this. And I, like, I watched all of season one and could not tell you a single thing about season one. And You watched yeah, all of season one? Um, I watched it in, like, a weekend because HBO shows aren't that long. And um, I did not retain any of it. I thought it was super boring. And then um, I, for the podcast, I was like, well, I'll give it another shake. So I watched the most recent season, which was a little better because they introduced Russell Brand and that gives them, like, a real antagonist, so you feel like you care about the story a little bit more. Um, but still, like, not good. And I just, I don't understand this trend of shows like like this and Billions that are just, like, all, like, I'm gonna get this guy to give me a 2% balloon loan, and you're just like, who is invested in this? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, totally. I watched the the pilot the first episode of ballers and it was fine um but totally what you're what you're describing it's very boring it's not funny like there's not you know it's just about like mm-hmm. business and i don't know i'm trying to think of a show that's about business where i'm like you know there's an example where like you know it worked and i liked it but i'm coming <laughs> yeah. up blank so i don't know if that's really a you know yeah, a workable I- format for any show but it's on like it's like sixth season or something four yeah it's been on fourth season okay so somebody's watching (laughs) elizabeth warren oh yeah elizabeth warren for some reason talks about ballers like all the time it's really weird that's amazing (laughs) Uh, yeah well now i kind of feel like i I know that is so much more interesting than the show ballers um it's yeah it's weird because like they have like kind of a like it has an overall douchey vibe, but, like, not that much yeah. happens. Like, Entourage, Love It or Hate It, is about those guys, like, doing stuff that is, like, ridiculous. Um, but, like... Right. Ball- That's what we're Yeah, showing. like, Ballers is, like, Rob Corddry will sometimes, like, mention doing Blow in his past or something. But it's, like, a really tame show. Um, not that I... <laughs> feel like there's only like one character who fucks on all of ballers which is like uh weird for an hbo show um and yeah it's just like it's just mostly about getting those contracts and getting those details hammered out yeah the first episode does have two really boring sex scenes like just the the least sexy and i think there's kind of intentionally unsexy sex scenes but like you could tell that it was just like HBO being like, you better get some tits in there somewhere. Or, you know, you can't put this on yeah, HBO. I feel- um, but like, there's also, um, cause it's like a Peter mm-hmm. Berg show and it's got a little bit of a, um, Friday night lights vibe 
which is weird to say because like this is about like a very like um, high roller kind of professional sports versus like small town high school sports but like I don't know there's I guess I don't know really know how to describe it but Peter Berg has like a a vibe and I feel like maybe if there was more of that I would have liked it more um, but yeah it was like it ended and I was like well I don't I don't I'm not I don't feel any desire to know what happens next yeah it's so like it's funny because like I feel like uh like if someone told me like this is Entourage meets Friday Night Lights I would be like that's sounds amazing or at the very least like insane and instead it's like it's got the down-to-earth realism of Friday Night Lights mixed with the kind of sleazy male vibe of Entourage and you're just like oh okay great just a lot of very earnest conversations of like what if we went and purchased this strip club and then managed it well (laughs) that's very bizarre (laughs) Oh, that seems like a sound investment. <laughs> I, I concur. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty. You know, I like I said, I only watched the first episode, but it sounds like it's pretty indicative of what the rest. Yeah, of the show and is it's like. it's just so, so weird that this is existing simultaneously with this huge Dwayne Johnson blockbuster renaissance we're in. That sometimes he just takes some time to kick out like a season of a show only Elizabeth Warren is watching. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's the, what I thought was so strange about it too. Like, it, 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 there's got to be something about it that he personally mm-hmm. enjoys. Like, there's no way that they're just like paying him so much that he's like, "Well, I can't turn down ballers." They're just paying <laughs> yeah. Him you know, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson is very into ballers. Yeah. He, he he has to be. Um. All right. La- the last movie on our list. Are you excited? Last oh. one. I'm excited, but <laughs> okay. I have not seen um, it. So. Well, Skyscraper is a film that I highly recommend. Um, it, uh, it just does does everything that it does really well. Um, it, uh, it does a really good job with um, Dwayne Johnson's relationship to his wife, Nev Campbell, who's great. I'm, I feel like... I don't think I've seen her in anything since Scream 4. So, like, that alone... Yeah, I was just going to say. I didn't even know yeah, she was in Yeah, so, it. like... Yeah, that was really exciting. And she has, like, I think the best part of any of that sort of, like, wife character in a Dwayne Johnson movie. Um, She's she's great. Mm -hmm. And um, his relationship with the kids is great. And I think, like, that element made it a lot better than so many movies like this. Because I feel like... I feel like what a lot of movies do is they just, like, establish he has a wife and kids to make there be sort of, like, abstract stakes where you're like, okay, I care because he has a family. But it's not... But this is, like very specifically like shows like that they all really love each other and then like has direct danger where like there was just enough of a like oh my god are they gonna kill one of the kids to be exciting without you still have that feeling of like no this is skyscraper like you don't like really have to worry um right like i thought it hit that really well and um it it's one of the most sort of like human characters he's played in like this kind of action movie, like, you, um, he still does these, like, really amazing stunts that are really fun to watch, but, like, you actually see him, like, sweat it out and, like, be nervous and, like, stumble, and I thought that made it, like, really exciting, and, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just enjoyed it a lot. It was just, like, a really, a really well-done action movie. 
Yeah, it looks good. I'll check it out. Especially now. Um, I regret that I did not see it. Um, yeah, it seemed like it got, uh, like, by the rock standards, a pretty underwhelming reception. And I don't know if that was just timing or what, but, um, yeah, I thought it was, like, it was really solid. Uh, yeah, I think it was, I think there might have been some rock. <laughs> fair enough. So, so close to Rampage. Mm-hmm. The people who were just kind of like, is this is this also Rampage? Because I already saw Oh, yeah. I, I think I did have that a little bit like whenever I went to a movie, there would be both of those trailers and you'd, you'd be like, okay, I got to see the action movie with The Rock. Yeah. The Rock and Tall Buildings. <laughs> yeah. One of them has a giant gorilla. One of them has a fake leg. It's hard to keep them straight. Um, so uh, what would you say... Uh, would be your picks for for the best the rock movie you've seen, or the movie or tv show the best the rock vehicle you've seen and the worst one um yeah i would probably go with hey listeners so the very end of this episode uh the file got messed up and lost uh so i'm just here to give you a quick recap uh for our gold stars uh i picked uh jumanji and matt picked fast five highly recommend both of those movies check them out uh and for our black balls i picked pain and gain one of the worst cinematic experiences of my life and matt picked uh baywatch that's it for this installment of The Filmographers. Be sure to uh, check out all the podcasts on the Major Cast Network. And also, for bonus content, look up my Patreon, patreon.com slash Lenny Burnham. Thanks for listening, everyone.